This is the Creative Creative, a podcast of authentic discussion with industry pros. <laughs> it just keeps going all around. Yeah, and now the traffic's down. It's quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, my name is Russell Vargo, and my personal website is my full name, R-U-S-S-E-L-L-V-A-R-G-O.com. And my work website is crosswater.net. Uh, I'd like to make a plug on a product if you... Oh, totally. Hit it. ...are, are into virtual reality. Um, I work with a company called Broom X, and it's uh, the first of its kind. It's a VR projector, and you can find them at broomx.com. Let's start with that, because I know the Broom X is really interesting. Give us a quick summary of, of this projector. We found them in the beginning of 2018. We were looking for a solution for virtual reality that could be in a social environment and something that um, was not a headset. It's, it's a fun product. You know, because it's it's interactive, and you can you know you can play your video and watch watch it with your friends. You know, you can change the perspective on it. Part of the reason we bought it is because you can create custom Unity applications for it. So it's not just like a passive experience. You can start to have input, um, and that's one thing that we needed as a a company. We needed to create a solution that was specific to our clients. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in our first um, use case, we're working with dementia and Alzheimer's patients, and we wanted to offer them the option of having uh, jazz music or classical music, or if they want the ambient music, they can choose that. And in order to do that, we needed a custom Unity application. And so um, these are the types of things that we think are valuable. Um, we've already integrated the Sennheiser Ambio soundbar. So when you rotate the video, if you have higher order ambisonic audio, it will rotate with the image. Okay. So as far as I'm aware, there's no one in the world that's begun really working in this realm, except for Brumex, except for Sennheiser in this realm. You know? and, and the Brumex, again, it's, it's, like a, it's almost like a capsule that sits in the corner of a room and then everybody can hang out in a space and it takes over the walls. It projects around 200 degrees by I think 120 and it's projecting onto three walls in the ceiling. Generally we have it in the back in the middle of the room. Back middle, okay. Yeah, and it's designed, its initial design was with hotels and they had created a smell projector, they created a bed that would rotate with it and it's for full immersive experiences you can get education through the Brumex you can get entertainment through it Um, we're using it for therapy and that has a huge impact you know there's a lot of people who are in need of some sort of entertainment and you know if they're just sitting in their room all day and once a week, they have an opportunity to have their whole world transformed into, you know, some scenic uh, landscape. Then I think that's really cool. And you know, somehow, <clears throat> in the future, once all this research is validated, I think I, we're going to be seeing Broom X and other companies like that 
you know, offering these types of services for healthcare facilities um, and also for entertainment. I mean, entertainment's probably, you know, the the biggest that everyone thinks of first, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, well, you can put this on a live show or you could put this um, in home entertainment. You know, they want to create a product that is small mm-hmm. for the home, that is consumer friendly and price as well. Yeah, I bet watching like an outdoor adventure video on it, like like motocross or like kayaking or something, would be really impressive if you get to like lay back and look all over the walls. Well, that's the thing. Um, like I, I mentioned, it was designed for the room in these hotels, and I've sat in my room for like six hours one time going through all the videos on the library. I was like, okay, I want to watch everything, and I want to see what it's like to just lay in bed and watch and. It was fascinating, you know. And like 360 video, like the the, the typical VR, <coughs> the typical VR kind of video that like we're used to, like with the GoPro stuff, that's or like the Gear VR things. Those play back on this as well, right? Or close yes. to? Yes. So it's the same same format that you would render in general for like Facebook or YouTube. Because I think that's what's really exciting about this is that. That it's not only is it like really leading technology, but like the video cameras for it aren't some weird contraption. They're things that are already in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, a lot of people love headsets and they feel like it's an immersive experience and they're able to have full attention on whatever's in that headset. But a lot of people don't want to wear headsets and a lot of people feel guarded when you put a headset on them. And you know, a lot of people wear glasses. Mm-hmm. And I, I would just much rather be in the world that I live in and then have it on the walls than put a headset on and feel like I'm disconnected. Yeah, and that was the thing is that you brought you brought the Brewmax to the Signal Art Show that we did mm-hmm. um, a couple months ago. And we were able to take over an entire room there that was fairly large. And you were projecting a lot of material up there. And that's one of the things that I really liked about it that, I mean, it's just... You could hang out with somebody and you could talk to them and you could have a conversational experience with video. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, in so many ways, like going to the movie theater, watching a movie feels like you're, it's not really a community experience. You're just there in the blackness. And this is video that's very social because you get to sit there and talk about it. Yeah. You know, projections and social entertainment you know, it's the beginning of cinema, right? Mm-hmm. Like when people used to go to drive-throughs, and you know, everyone was sitting there and watching yeah, it together. Drive-thru. Yeah, it, it, and and even in the classroom, right? You think about when you were a kid, and the teacher would come in with the projector and turn it on, and everyone's watching, and you know, it's a great way to just have a community and come together. And for an artist like myself who makes 360 video, there hasn't been a tool to share it that was social. It's always been like, hey, put on this headset and you know, make sure that you're not a germaphobe, which I am. <laughs> and, so, and then sit back and be silent and just watch this like detached body twitch its head around. Yeah. So what did you think? Like, I know. You don't get to gauge the reaction. You don't, you're not part of the audience watching. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's, there's reasons for both, right? I, I imagine... A lot of people, you know, they need that focused, cut-off experience, and they want to feel like they're actually, 
more immersed. Like the first time I put on a headset, one of the first times that I remember, I went to Mars from an image from the rover. It was just a still image, but I felt like I was on Mars. I was like, whoa, this is incredible. And I've gone to a lot of other places in a headset and you do feel like you're there. You know, for VR, I was just at Tribeca last week and everything there for the most part was in a headset. There were some people who had brought other components to make their activation more intriguing or more immersive. You know, Felix and Paul were there and they had done a six minute stop motion VR film. It took them four years and it's just incredible. You know, it's like, wow, how do you, how do you do stop motion in a 360 environment and you know, keep it continuous and... And for four years, the tech changed so much in four years. Yeah. But I guess they just had this set that they were able to lock off and, you know, however long it took actually time on the set. Um, it was a very small set where they filmed. All in all, you know, they uh-huh. didn't, they, it was just one gymnasium. Um, that was fascinating to see that. And you know, there was uh, some people who had built this giant, like, tribal mask. And whenever you get into VR, you put on the Vive, and then you put on this tribal mask. I said, what is that? She says, it's the weight of colonialism. <laughs> I was like, okay. And you go through, and in this experience, all you're doing is like poisoning the environment everywhere you go. <laughs> and at the end, the world just dies, and you're like, but it had great music, right? Uh-huh. And so that was a fun one. Um, and there was like, oh man, what, actually my favorite piece, here's where I, I thought the, the guys really hit the nail on the head. There's an artist out of Australia named Sutu, and he, works a lot in the Vive and he works with these kids, these Aboriginal kids. There's like eight shipping containers in this community and basically Sutu brings all this technology there and teaches them how to use it and the the piece was called Future Dreaming and it was like how do you see yourself five years from now, ten years from now, twenty-five years from now or something and as he, they design this experience in their with their words you see it being created in tilt brush in front of you and then they did motion capture on their faces and it was just a really cool piece and like all the kids flew in from australia and just good energy mm-hmm. but uh <clears throat> the, the reason that we were there was a company called uh vr city and East City Films created a documentary called Common Ground, and it was about the Aylesbury Estate in London, which has been slowly bought by the uh, UK government. You know, they're offering these families basically, you know, 15% of what the property's worth and saying, hey, here's your money, you gotta go. And so all these people are basically being kicked out of their homes and. Uh, it was a, you know, a very low-income community beforehand, and so, you know, these people can't afford to just move somewhere. They're having to move back to Africa, or move back to somewhere they're not familiar because, you know, the price of living has just uh, caused them to to leave. Yeah. Similar to Austin, you know. Yeah. 
And did you did you guys this was a 360 documentary that you guys did or so flat? Uh, Darren and Ash, it was uh, 360. It was uh, photogrammetry, and they did some VR interactive stuff, and you could like spray paint on the building, and uh, they went through hundreds of hours of stock footage from the past and told a story um, through the residents' eyes you know from the from the conception of the building all the way until it was being torn down so there was just a, a really well thought out documentary and we were there with Brumex to project the environment onto the space and then the people would come in to the headset and it was a VR experience so you know there's ways to have both experiences come together oh wow that's really cool yeah so how did you guys do? I was awesome, man. Everyone, everyone was like, "Whoa, this documentary is amazing!" And like, you know, some people were crying. You know, I felt like we should have had tissues for people whenever they were. <laughs> you know, you watch this this kid. You know, he grew up in London, and now he's living in Africa. Yeah. Um, That's amazing to move an audience that way with the technology. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a real, you know, a real compassionate, heartfelt story, and I, I think that's as a storyteller we have all these technologies coming together right and so by using photogrammetry by using vr 360 video they're able to tap into a whole new um audience mm -hmm. you know uh, the traditional media it's not that it's not compelling but traditional media can be shot simultaneous as immersive media so I think what we're going to see is a lot of companies and storytellers using both. And you'll find that you can create a 30-second spot that you see on the commercial. And you, you can have an immersive documentary that, mm -hmm. that has 2D elements, right? So it doesn't have to be 360 is full spherical video all the time. You know, you're talking about uh, immersive, then you have to mention volumetric. When you have video that's captured in volume, you can walk around the space. And actually, if you look at the NBA or the NFL, you already see a lot of these technologies. Yeah. Intel is using it where you see the guy go up for the dunk. You know, LeBron is midair and the camera swings around as he's dunking and it's slow motion. It's basically like bullet time mm -hmm. effect can be done with volume video, you know, those types of... Uh, Techniques. Yeah. That's remarkable that, we're, that we've gotten that far. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's wild. I mean, I remember playing like Atari and Pong. That was enough for me. Just like, I enjoyed that. And now we're, you know, able to shake someone's hand with like a haptic glove in another part of the world or even on another, you know, someone in the space station. Right. You know. Yeah, those biofeedback flows, like from um, Ready Player One. I think Microsoft just came out with something. Yeah, I mean, it can't be that far off as a piece of technology. You know, it seems like we have all the bits and bobs that would make something like that work already in the marketplace. It's just somebody putting it together into useful clothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The key to all of it, though, is going to be accessibility, you know. <laughs> Pouring water. <laughs> <laughs>
The key to, to all of it is accessibility. Yes. So allowing people to have these experiences, you know, should be for everyone. You know, like, what am I trying to say? With technology right now, everything is dependent on cell phone. And as long as we're using cell phone technology, then we're able to share information globally. And I think with headsets, it's not necessarily going to be adopted globally in the same way. I, I just think that it's not necessarily the way to go for mass adoption for VR or AR. Yeah, always felt like kind of like an A plus bonus level of technology. Like you need to have all sorts of other things in your life already. You kind of already need to know yeah. and kind of get your head around technology and and what you, you need to have a purpose for it. Like versus a phone where it's like I can come up with eighty five reasons I need a phone off the top of my head yeah. right away. Yeah. VR headset. It's like, well, are you already doing these twelve other things? And then does this take you to the next level? Well, they had the they had the Oculus Quest come out. It begins shipping, and I believe in the middle of this month or third week of this month, you'll be able to have an independent VR system. So there's going to be a lot of people that can like instead of having to buy a computer and be tethered to the computer, they're going to be able to just walk around and have VR now. That makes a difference. That's going to help the accessibility, but it's still... I forget the cost. Someone someone told me it was $700. Someone told me it was $400. I, I don't really know the cost, um, and I haven't purchased one yet. But I, th I feel like it's going to be hard to get you know the masses to adopt it because a lot of children, when you hand them... I mean, to be honest with you, a lot of children aren't supposed to have headsets they say oh you know from 13 and under headsets not recommended okay so there goes all these kids that you're making these games for mm -hmm. you know technically we're not supposed to be sharing this media to them with a headset we need their brains to develop and their eyes to develop and um it's kind of it's interesting it gives you a new responsibility as a creator because you're not uh leaving the same impression you're leaving more more of an impression mm -hmm. and so you know you don't want to or I don't want to put out media I've, I've, I've been saying this for years I don't want to put out media that is going to leave a bad effect on the world I want to put out media that inspires people I want to put out media that informs people or educates and I want to help other people have a voice as well, I think. Yeah. Well, I think you've done a pretty good job with it from the work that I've seen. And, and it's always been really cool to see you at the absolute forefront of video technology. Um, you know, and you're talking about headsets are going much more, are improving their mobility a lot. You, you're doing work with the Brumex and volumetric video. Um, we've got augmented reality is like here, you know, yeah. it's a thing now. But uh, what's, what else is on the horizon? What else is really exciting you in the video technology space? 
in July, we shot a feature film using the Yi Halo. So we had 17 lenses and sensors. We recorded 17 terabytes of data. <laughs> wait, wait, 17 terabytes? Yeah. That's a lot. That was just the 360 camera. That was a single 360 camera. <clears throat> That's a lot of data. Yeah. Well, they shot another 17 in the standard cinema cameras. Um, <laughs> so we shot a lot during this film, but like I mentioned before, blending the technology. So we shot the whole thing 3D, 3D 360, we shot the whole thing standard cinema, and the editor is creating elements that work together. And you can have them shared in a virtual experience like Brumex. You know, we actually had the premiere at South by at the Capitol Factory, we rented out uh, some space and had about 50 people, you know, watch the film in this uh, pretty large gathering space. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I think for me, the goal is to work on creating content with people who are storytellers first and foremost, uh -huh. because the story is the most important thing. I mean, like the technology is fun, but without a proper story, we're really just, you know, testing. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, is my tool working or how can I make it, you know, act this way? Um, so even in 360 video, a lot of people, they ask, you know, what's the best camera? And for the most part, it's the camera you have. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, hey, which camera do you have? Okay, we'll use that. Uh, if you are looking for specific shots, you know, you might need something that has better stabilization. You might need something that has better resolution or better low light capabilities. Yeah, um, but your story is leading you to those decisions. Your practice and your experience and your repetitions and go, oh shit, I really suck at low light. Maybe I'm gonna go get something that helps me out in low light. Yeah. It's not just going at the very beginning and going, I'm just your magic camera. Yeah, and, and having the accessories you know, just because you have a good camera doesn't mean you're going to get the right shot. You know, we were filming for the Special Olympics in February, and I forget the name of the lights we had, but we had some lights that we mounted above the camera, and it gave the talent a nice, uh, a nice soft look. You know, rather than just being flat. Right. And you know, knowing that there's tools out there, there's a lot of resources online. I would say like. Facebook is a huge resource for the VR industry. And a lot of people have been telling me that Twitter is huge now. And I, I don't really use Twitter, but I'm trying to use it more. Um. It's noisy. It's noisy. I follow hashtags because that's like how you can find conversations. Yeah. You know, searching by hashtags. That's what That part makes sense to me. But direct engagement with people, like, that that's, feels very overwhelming very quickly. Yeah. I can, I can passively read it, and that's about it. I think I tweet once a year or once every few years. <laughs> like, yeah, I keep a profile updated, but I don't really <laughs> do anything with it. It just every once in a while publishes something, so it's like, hey, it's not dead. It's yeah. a thing, but I don't. Yeah. I mean, social media, a lot of people are interested in the numbers and how many followers and how many likes. And, you know, I remember there was a time when... I wanted to have, you know, a million views on a video or I wanted to have, you know, an, an impact on an audience bigger than I could imagine. And, you know, 
what's cool is independent filmmakers can pretty much make the same amount of effect as a studio these days because the tools are available uh, it's just about how you use them yeah you know and like Austin has a huge collective of people who are willing to work together you see the Austin Motion Artist Group come together and make films that's how I met yourself and Jacob and Brian Uh, you know I think that's the biggest lesson that I could share with people is get out there and do it you know a filmmaker I worked with in 2013 on a project he said Russ I'm not the best filmmaker but I get stuff done and if you can live with that mentality of I have to work through this project a lot of times you're working with a deadline so you know just because you want to do more to it doesn't mean you can you have to be able to assess what's possible in the timeline mm-hmm. so that's an important important thing for people to consider is like hey you know, you may never create your masterpiece but by completing the work you you uh, confirm that you're a producer that you're a director that you're a filmmaker well, and it's interesting, it's like as the technology has become more accessible, the notion of a masterpiece, I think, has faded for a lot of people because it's not a sacred act to get something out. It's just we're making stuff over time and each one will be better than the last one. Yeah. That seems to be the mindset that's replacing because you know what? You and I both came up in the industry when we were younger and it was harder to get anything made available to an audience mm-hmm. so it really had to count like you really had to make it your one shot well, yeah I mean YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and all these other platforms have allowed anyone to, to have a voice and everyone and I think it's good you know there's a lot of people who don't make responsible media that are putting out messages that I wouldn't want to put out there but you know, you kind of got to accept things for what they are. Yeah, I mean, um, I think we forget that the uh, drive for social media to retain an audience has made them very uh, receptive to new technologies for video mm-hmm. and made it a lot easier for people to put creative material out in front of folks. Yeah. I think we forget that sometimes, yeah. Well, there's filmmakers like Robert Rodriguez have jumped into VR and, you know, You've got, I think, Doug Lyman uh, created a, a VR series. One of the things that I found recently being at Tribeca was that there are some masterpieces being created, right? There are people who are spending, you know, a year, two years, four years of their lives. Yeah, that's true. Um, and what I want to do when I see these things one I want to celebrate those people I want to say hey man congratulations because that's that's quite an accomplishment to to have spent and focused that much time and energy and to have it shared on a global stage right I think that's what we want a lot of times we want recognition and Mm -hmm. we we want to have a platform to stand on Um, but yeah I'm I'm excited I'm actually invigorated to start I want to produce a, a film abroad and then I want to produce something locally mm-hmm. in this next year in addition to my work these are just like personal things that I, I think could 
make some noise in the film festival circuit. Do you have plans already for, for the two projects? Well, I have two. I mean, these are things that I think are compelling stories and it's immersive, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, you don't want to just make something immersive just because it can be. Like, you want to do, you want to choose the media because that's the best way to tell the story. You know, like, I can't take it, I can't go breathe underwater for six minutes, but I could take a 360 camera underwater for six minutes and hang out. And so, you know, I think using the technology to bring people places that they can't be is one of the key aspects that uh, makes rich media. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got people shooting 360 time lapses of the Northern Lights in Alaska. Like that guy, all of his videos are just getting crazy numbers. And you're like, of course. I mean, cause no one's gonna sit out in negative 20 degree weather for 24 hours. Right. But. If you can and you do. Yeah. It'll be impressive, yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate those people that are doing those things. And you know, you look, you look at people talk about artists using the technology, but I think a lot of it is science. You know, most of us are learning through application, right? It's not, it's not just art. It's like understanding what effect that this has on people, understanding um, the emotional impact you can create for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, the reason I got into media was to save a special moment, right? So it's like, hey, here's this moment that I can recall and it it brings me back to that moment, right? Like through the image or through the video. That's great. Yeah. That's it. Cool. I'm good.